Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today is the beginning of a new segment that I am calling Member Spotlight. And I talked a little bit about how this was going to be happening, but I'm inviting members from my AT Parenting community to come on and share their wins, share their stories, share their aha moments, share their struggles, because I think it's really important for you to know that you're not alone. And I think it's really important for you to hear from other parents besides me. You probably know my kids way too well to hear from other parents, what they've been through, what their experience is. I think there's so much learning that happens when we hear other people's stories and other things that they found difficult and that they found helpful. So this is the first of many interviews to come. I am going to do this segment the first week of every month. So one out of four of my episodes each month will be a member spotlight where you will get to hear someone's story and what they're doing and what is helping for them. So I hope that you find it inspiring. I hope you enjoy these episodes. They will be a little bit shorter typically than the rest of my episodes, but I hope that you find them helpful. So in this episode, I am talking to Courtney and she has been an AT parenting community member since the very beginning. This membership opened up in January of 2019, and we are almost at a full year. So I have gotten to know her well and gotten to know her son's struggles and wins well. And she does talk a little bit about things like classes and videos, and she's talking about things that are happening in the AT parenting community. So don't email me and say, what video is that? Or what class is she talking about? Uh, because in the AT parenting community, I do weekly classes and then it goes up on the AT parenting community website. And so they can watch the replays. And then I also make videos for their kids separately. And so I have tons of videos on my kids, YouTube channel. If you're not there, it's youtube.com slash, um, C slash anxious toddler 78. I almost forgot my YouTube channel name. It's not for toddlers, but that's the name. Uh, But she's talking about videos that I've made for the community members because in the community, they can say, Hey, my child's having this struggle. And then sometimes I'll say, Oh, I'll make a kid's video for it. So there's a a video section on our website where there's videos for parents and kids that are not on my website. They're not on my YouTube channel. They're just for the community. So I just want to say that in advance when you listen to this interview, because I can just foresee getting emails about what she's referencing because you're not going to find it in on my website regular website at atparentingsurvival.com. So if you want to learn more about the community, you can always go to atparentingcommunity.com and you can learn about what's in there and consider joining us. I am going to be closing the doors for new parents to enroll for this year. Uh, I just decided I've had it open the entire year and as much as I love having that resource available to parents whenever they need it, I have found that we've had just new members trickling in all the time. And I'm, in, I'm constantly inviting new members, welcoming new, vem- new members. And 
it, it impacts the, the rest of the people because they're not able, they're constantly welcoming new faces and new voices. And I want to give them an opportunity to really get tight knit and get really close with each other. So I'm closing the doors on November 22nd, and then I will reopen it in 2020 sometime. I will increase the membership fee, the monthly fee for it in 2020, because I did do a really low introductory fee because I wanted parents to be able to afford it. And I wanted parents to come in and experience it, but it's been around now for almost a year. It is chock full of classes. I think there's probably 30 or 40, maybe even more classes already on there and they are created once a week. So it continues to grow. So it's very meaty and there are like some very incredibly loving and supportive people in there. And so that is why the membership will go up in 2020, because when I opened it, it was brand new as Courtney talks about in our interview. So I hope that you enjoyed Courtney's interview. She's a fantastic parent and she does a great job explaining the things that we all go through, the things that are really challenging for all of us. And so I'm sure you're going to be able to relate to her story. So without further ado, here is Courtney. Well, I want to welcome Courtney to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. So this is part of the series that I'm running where we're going to be talking to AT Parenting community members because I think that discussing real life problems, talking to parents who are going through it, and then who are coming out the other side who have learned things along the way, everyone's journey is messy, so no one's perfect, um, can really help other people who are listening. So I appreciate you being willing to come on and share your story. Yeah, thanks for the invite. I, it's a pleasure. I'm happy to be here. So let's start a little bit about just the background that you're comfortable sharing about your family situation. Sure. Um, It wasn't until 10 that we had an an actual diagnosis and knew that it was OCD. But then learning about it, looking back at his younger childhood, I saw it very obviously, a lot of checking, a lot of reassurance questions that really at the time almost felt like normal childhood questions. Mm -hmm. But then stepping away from it and realizing as they intensified that something else was there. And so um, he was about 10 years old when we got to the point where it was just something isn't right. We need to find some help. So were you able to get a diagnosis pretty easily where you live? You know, we just went to a, we went to a social worker and at the time it was just diagnosed as general anxiety. And it wasn't until some specific questions and, you know, it was around suicide that really started to concern me. And so I started to do my own research when I ran across, you know, compulsive, obsessive, you know, intrusive thoughts. And it just led me down this hole. So I started to talk to the social worker. So no, I mean, really, it wasn't. It was something, you know, between me stumbling across some stuff online, I wasn't even familiar with what OCD was until I started to go down that route. And then we took that back And then we moved therapists, which actually took us quite a while to find someone that had a really good fit, which was just recently this year. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, that's kind of a common story that I'm hearing from all the people I'm interviewing around this topic. And And the other thing that I'm seeing as kind of a common thread is that a lot of parents are 
are pursuing their own education, like it's not sitting right with them. And so they're like, they feel like they're missing something. And so they're going online and they're searching Mm -hmm. and then they're providing the information to the mental health professional and then finding the right fit, which is so, it's just interesting to hear everyone's stories and to encourage people, you know, who are listening to trust their gut and to, to not wait for someone, you know, professionally to give them the okay to, to go ahead. Absolutely. And I think, you know, with parents and caregivers to see the kids every day and what they're doing, it, the gut is really what is going to have your answers just to go with it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about um, your son's 12, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. He hasn't turned 13 yet. <laughs> no. Feels <laughs> like it though. You're like, please, no. Yes. <laughs> Talking to someone else as a 12 year old. It's like, a, it's a rough period of time. <sighs> and just, the hormonal shifts and Mm-hmm. Um, and with moral OCD, I think it, it's a really rough time because you've got puberty coming, you have peers who are doing things that aren't always great, or they're at least talking about stuff. And so it def- definitely bubbles up a little bit more. Right. So what are, what are some of the struggles that you are, were dealing with or are dealing with and some of the things that you're doing to, to work on it? So, um, right now, I think we talked, he has a lot of um, nighttime flare-ups and when he is alone with his own thoughts is really when he gets hit hard. Um, you know, when he's busy, he's able to really keep himself preoccupied. So it's that empty space that he fills. Um, so we're really working on triggering it on those times that he is busy and having him, um, set and do focused, quiet time to allow those thoughts and kind of go through that acceptance to help him accept those quiet times. So that is one thing we're working on right now. Um, Exposures in a spot where he's good instead of waiting for them, definitely. Which is a brave and supported approach. (laughs) I have encouraged that with you. And I think that that's that's, that's the the braveness of parenting um, a child with OCD that I think a lot of parents are afraid to do when, when your when your child's doing really well and the outside appearance looks like, Oh, this boat is like solid. It's not rocking at all. And then you go in and you create waves to see, can the boat handle it? Or is the boat going to like, you know, crumble. And that's really the way that you keep, I think OCD at bay is being aware. I feel like you're really good at noticing the subtleties, really listening to your son and like seeing the cracks in the solid foundation when he has periods where he's doing well and then doing exposures at that time, which I think is, is great. It's hard. It's definitely hard. I mean, you know that these kids go through such a stress when they go in their ups and downs. And when you see them kind of almost free of that to then say, Hey, let's make it bad again. It's hard to get, it's hard to get over that. And I think, you know, having part of the community and going through your self core or your self care and, you know, changing your mindset class was huge for me because you have to step out of it and just kind of go with it, but rock that boat. And it, believe me, you don't want to, but sometimes you have to. Yeah. And, and self-care is so important because you do have to have the right mindset. Like if you don't understand what OCD treatment is, you know, where you need to go and what your role is in it, then it's just kind of a mess because it's so, over, I mean, I get it as a parent. It's just so overwhelming when you're really like just involved in it and you're not anchored yourself. You can feel like you're just right there suffering. 
Yeah. And I think um, that was a huge eye opener for me when we did that class um, because I do like to control and I'm a fixer. You know, when something's wrong with my child, I want to go in and I want to fix it. I want to give him the medicine. I want to make it go away. Yeah. But I think listening to that and accepting that this needs to be his journey and I need to coach him and provide him ways to make that happen for himself. It's a huge thing to let go of as a parent. It's against all natural instinct, as you always say, Yeah. but it's just something that I think we really started making headway when I finally let go. So it was me. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't you. It's just that you're empowering him. And I mean, from what you've shared about him, like he's just a rock star sometimes. Like he is super aware at 12, has been able to like identify his triggers, can come back and say, hey, that was my OCD. Like the stuff that you shared about his, his kind of leadership, his ability to kind of own it at this point is pretty impressive. He's so determined. Like sometimes his determinedness kind of scares me, but I love that he wants to run with it. But then, you know, we do, we get in over our head and sometimes we do exposures that are too much and we take a step back. So yeah, it's sometimes good, sometimes not. Yeah. And he's learning, like he's learning, like how fast do I ride this car? When do I put the brakes on? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, that's all a process. So. Well, and he, I think when I really got him on board was when I used your tips from the OCD game and really gamify everything. Mm-hmm. So he did a lot of checking. And so he would check in the shower curtain and instead of me hovering and over parenting, I would put little stick it notes, you know, like do the opposite and really just let it be in his hands. And, you know, when he would do it, we would do the reward. And so just kind of started small spaces. But when I turned it into that game, he really bought in. So I love the little sticky notes. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the opposite. That's really cool. And especially like in the areas where you know, your child's going to maybe do a compulsion if it doesn't bother them, I think that's really creative. I like that. Yeah. I didn't write anything more in case he had friends over. It kept yeah. it just kind of like, oh, it just says do the opposite or, you know, close me or something just that wouldn't, you know, compromise his privacy. Yeah. I like that. I mean, you'd partner with your child, you know, and say, or if your child's like, hey, I don't like your sticky notes, you know, obviously you, you shift, but I like that. I think even like a sticker or just something that you know, I could use that with my son. I'm getting really good ideas today. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. It's because, you know, like I think you've said, it's sometimes their compulsions become unconscious and they just mm-hmm. go through the routine and do that. So helps them remember. Yeah. A lot of it's habit because they've been doing it for so long. And so to, to fight it or to do the opposite is very um, counterintuitive to them. So mm-hmm. I think that's a great thing to just bring, bring back his awareness. I love that. Yeah. So what are some things, because he's doing really well right now, um, according to your last couple of questions in the forums, it seems like he's doing really well. Mm-hmm. And I do think the la- when I see kids doing really well, um, and I mentioned this to you in the forums, but I, I see OCD is like desperate and it's grasping. And so it will make their quiet time. Um, they'll say, oh no, you know, are you having OCD? Are you having a thought? Are you unhappy? Do you think you're unhappy right now? Like, Mm -hmm. are you feeling glum? Um, Do you think you're having an intrusive thought right now? Or I'll also see, do you even think you had OCD? Maybe you're a liar. Like maybe all this was made up because you don't have any symptoms. So OCD will try all these different tactics and just sitting in silence that you're doing. I mean, I've done that many times with the kids I work with my practice. I'll like, their homework assignment is 30 minutes of silence, you know, just to sit there, no music, no distractions. Um, because you're welcoming those intrusive thoughts so that you're not, you're not band-aiding it. Because sometimes I think 
overactivity is actually more of over distraction so that I don't have to hear the noise in my head. And so when Mm -hmm. you sit there in silence, it's kind of like getting a really good temperature reading. Like where is OCD really at? And then not fighting it, you know, the Chinese handcuff thing, you know, just sitting there and accepting it and just saying, um, yep, maybe I'm going to have an OCD thought. And, and that's really like kind of the, the end of the current journey, you know, where if you can get to that. He hates it. I mean, it, right now that's his, he's not loving that because it is hard. And he is the type of kid that, I mean, he likes to go to video games when there's quiet. Cause I do know that he's probably silencing those thoughts and just wanting to get out of it. So we are trying to work on it and practice. Yeah. And you start really small, you know, like a minute, two minutes, mm-hmm. five minutes, you know, and you gamify it again. Let's see what your highest score is. Let's see, you know, we're going to go 10 minutes today or, you know, and, and the prizes definitely help at my house. And I feel like having them earn stuff and be invested in some sort of game or their highest record can be helpful too. Yeah, definitely. So what were some things that you did early on or in the past that helped? So um, some really great things, huge, were um, naming it, taking it outside of when we realized what it was. And then, um, I mean, we glued to your kid videos. I love the kid videos. I love that they're short, um, but they get this really great message out that they can digest and take away with them and think about it. And so we started watching a lot of those and doing um, some worksheets and just activities to kind of show how everybody has thoughts, but your brain has, you know, that sticky analogy. And then talking to him about how he actually has a a superpower because he's really great at other things. Um, You know, he's amazing at math. And so I kind of gave the analogy of your brain is like a library, but your spotlight in your library is bigger than other people's. And so it likes to look at everything and analyze and have answers. So kind of talking in that form that his thought process, you know, everyone has these weird thoughts, but you just don't know how to filter them through. And I think it's the science behind OCD, your video, where it shows the little colander or yeah. Where like it shifts through, he mm-hmm. thought that was really cool, and so it just kind of puts it into a concept that it's outside of him, and that was a huge thing that I think when he first he was scared, and so finding out you know that this is has a name, it's outside of me, really helped him start to move forward. Yeah, and I think when when people when kids know it's not them, that you know there's a common disorder, and I like the way that you're highlighting some of the good things too. Um, kind of the John Hirschfeld analogy of the spotlight. He talks about that in one of his episodes with me, you know, that they see more. I like, I like that analogy Mm -hmm. and that there is science behind it. And there's also science behind doing ERP, you know, and that's why I made that kid's video for the community. Cause I thought if, if the older kids, you know, kids who are 10 and up could see the science behind it, even like some intellectual eight-year-olds, I mean, cause that's what I do in my practice, like on that video, like that's what I show on my screen in my practice. I, like I first start with the science of, we're not just talking here. Like we're, we're really rewiring your brain. And if you can rewire your brain just by changing your behaviors, by doing ERP, that's pretty amazing. Cause you can't change your pancreas. You can't change your liver. You know what I mean? Like it's right. amazing that you can change your brain and it's the most powerful place to change it. So I'm yeah. glad that was helpful. And I think, too, one thing, conversation I've had with him, and he's older, so I think it might be harder for younger kids, but kids are figuring out their emotions, and 
being able to tell him it's okay to have this emotion, to be scared, but we're doing, we can do something about it. And so to let him have that emotion for that moment, or if he's in that big upset that, you know, kind of accepting that this is where we are and then we just need to move forward, but to allow him to kind of have that, those emotions and feelings and frustrations, Mm -hmm. not to have to push them away. Yeah. Yeah. The acceptance, it's really a lot of it's acceptance that it's okay to have all these feelings and probably just to get that from you, to get the acceptance from a parent is probably huge. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, I think I've talked in the forums and on the Facebook groups that, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes you have to let your shields down and you go in your room when they're to bed. And, you know, it's hard to get through that as a parent and to see them go through it, but to know you're making them stronger, you just have to remind yourself of that. Yeah, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely a lot to stomach for sure. I mean, that's why, that's why there's support out there. That's why there's the community to kind of hold us up to say, you know, when you're having a bad day to get other people who know it, they get it. They're, they're kind of in the same boat as you, you know, we're all in different boats, but they're all That was huge. Yeah, that was huge. When I first started um, finding your resources online, I didn't tell anyone, I didn't have anyone to talk to other than my spouse, Um, you know, and just someone to relate with it, that piece was hugely missing. And, you know, I almost felt a little desperate to just kind of see what's out there. And then when you announced your community, I was really excited, not really sure how it was going to be because it just wasn't developed yet. But then having that connection with those other parents and seeing that, you know, the struggles, you're not alone and people can relate is a huge difference. Yeah. Cause I think raising a child with OCD is really isolating. I mean, Luckily, I mean, it's not isolating for me because I work with so many parents that I'm like, yep, everybody's going through this. But I think a lot of times people are secretive about it They because people don't understand OCD. And so they don't go around telling people. And when they do, sometimes it's confirmed that they shouldn't because people make comments that, you know, are uneducated or they don't get it. And so they wind up kind of keeping it like this family secret where they're struggling. And it's one of those disorders where you need you need people to support you because it can be very lonely and very exhausting at times. Mm-hmm. And it's nice at those times to say, Hey, like, let's look at our wins. Like who's, who had a win today? You know, like, let's just, let's just celebrate it. And we all get like the, the wins that other people would be like, really, that's a win. And you're like, yeah, my child only peed like twice an hour. That's my win. <laughs> and, everyone else for me. Like, and they're like, Whoa, that's amazing. Cause we remember when she was peeing a hundred times a day. So that's impressive. Right. I think being able to share the the successes because, you know, when you have moms of friends and you can't do something for a certain reason, they might be going through something, you know, it's just not right. Or, you know, they have to go to the bathroom a lot of times, but it's hard to explain that in a social situation or not go. And it's not always easy to be able to say, you know, why just to respect maybe the friendships with those kids or depending on the age but it can be challenging. And so to be able to have a place to express those wins and have people be like, you slept, that's great. Yeah. And get it, like get it on a real level. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for Mr. 12 because I feel like he's being, he's been doing a lot better lately and he's got a fantastic mom because you are very active and you're always quick to ask questions and make sure you're doing things the way that you can and get the guidance and then get right back on track and um, you've been a good student because I feel like you've just learned, you've just soaked up everything that I've taught and you've applied it and you've applied it beautifully. Cause whenever you have a question, I'm like, yep, no, that's, you're doing exactly what I would say to do. So 
Well, good. Yeah, I eat it up. Anything that I can find, I just, I am a learner and I just want to make sure that I get him off on the right foot to be able to incorporate these in his, or the skills in his everyday because I just want to see him happy. Yep. And that, that comes across. So thank you so much for coming yeah. on. I really appreciate it. Yep. I'm really thankful to have this opportunity. So thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. It was nice meeting you. Yes, in, in person. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> I've met you like virtually, but I've never even seen your face. So it is That's nice. right. Well, thank you, Natasha. Well, I hope that you found her interview inspiring. And I have watched her journey for, like I said, almost a year. And I've just been awed by how much improvement has happened. And there was so much struggle in the beginning. And just from where she started to where her child is now is remarkable. And she just soaks up information and, and you can too. So don't sit idly by and wait for that therapist that you're on the wait list for a couple of months or years, or, you know, you're just looking for an OCD therapist and you feel like there's nothing you can do. That is so far from true. So you take the reins and do some stuff for your kids, support yourself, because even if you have some really good external support, this is for you. This is for you to one, it's self-care, support yourself, but also what is your role with your child? There are, you cannot be part of that journey. Even if you are hands-off and you're saying, you know what, I'm just going to leave it up to the professionals. They know what they're doing. We don't get that choice with OCD. (laughs) You know, I wish we did, but we're in the thick of it and we are on the front lines and we have a role, whether we want to admit it or not, or whether we accept it or not. So there's only a week and a half, two weeks left of joining the AT Parenting community. So if you're interested, check out atparentingcommunity.com and sneak in there before the doors close and the prices go up. You will lock in to whatever price you are at. And so I have parents who were founding members who joined in the very, very beginning, and they will always pay that monthly founding rate. And so when you join, you will lock in that rate and you will never pay more than that, even if the prices go up because you are locked into that unless you leave. And then when you leave, you'll have to, then you're like a new member again. So I hope that I see your friendly face over there. And if not, I hope that you find these episodes helpful anyway. And if you're enjoying the AT Parenting Survival Podcast, if you can hit a star on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcast, that's always so greatly appreciated. It's a way to give back, a way to show gratitude. I'm super big into showing gratitude to people that help me. And I'm sure that you are as well. If you have a few extra seconds, if you can leave a review and talk about what you enjoy or what you get from this show, that's so appreciated. And to show my gratitude, I always like to end the show reading one of them. So I would like to thank three boys, B-U-O-Y-S. She wrote, outstanding resource for parents. I've followed and shared Natasha's YouTube channel for years, and I'm thrilled to learn she has a podcast. I'm binge listening and so grateful for all the information she shares to help me as a parent and also me as a coach who works with parents or of anxious kids. Thanks, Natasha. You make a big difference. Thank you. And that's like a super compliment when I hear that a therapist or a coach is listening to me and finds my help supportive in their work with parents of anxious kids, because that's like, 
magnified, right? I help you and then you're helping, you know, hundreds or thousands of people and it's just synergy. It's like, look at all of that domino effect, that positive domino effect. So thank you so much for taking the time to write a review. I really appreciate it. And thanks for sharing my resources. I appreciate that as well. So if you have something to say, maybe I'll be reading your review next time. So I hope that you find the sparkle in everything you do, and I'll talk to you again next week. Take care.